Welcome to the Health Leader Forge, a joint production between the University of New Hampshire and the Northern New England Association of Healthcare Executives. My name is Mark Bonica, and I am an assistant professor in the University of New Hampshire's Department of Health Management and Policy. This podcast is being released on May 15th, 2020, which would have been the day my seniors had their senior banquet to celebrate their accomplishments and said their farewells as a class to each other and to the faculty. But because of the outbreak of COVID-19, they'll probably be celebrating at home and I won't have a chance to wish them well before they graduate. Uh, I'm sure I'll see them again in the near future once this is over, but uh, unfortunately they'll already be alumni and so there's no putting the genie back in the bottle in this case. So I'm dedicating this podcast to the students graduating from my program this spring, as well as all the young people who are making the transition to work during this unusual time. I've had more than 70 guests on the Health Leader Forge at this point, and one of the questions I try to ask at the end of the interview is, what advice does the guest have for early careerists who are just launching on their professional journeys? I've assembled short comments from a number of leaders whom I enjoyed talking with to share today on this episode. And I'll end the podcast with a little advice of my own and some words from one of my favorite philosophers, Henry David Thoreau. First up is Bridget Stewart, the COO of Holy Family Hospital and a dedicated alumna of my program. Her advice is, don't expect to be the CEO on the first day of your job. What advice do you have for someone thinking about going into healthcare administration today? What education should they be pursuing? What kind of jobs should they be looking for as they head out into the workforce? Well, I can't say enough about, you know, my alma mater and, you know, program. I think the Department for Health Management and Policy and the, the program, HMP, is, is really just sets you up so much for, you know, getting into the field. You do need experience, and I think the internship really gives you that flavor. You know, for someone getting into the field, I think years ago, we all used to come out of the program and think we were going to be the next president and CEO. And I probably thought that when I was 15, going to meet with the president of Anna Jake's Hospital. But I think realistically, it takes time. It takes time to learn. This is such a complex, you know, uh, dynamic environment with healthcare. And there's so many changes and so much that's happening so fast. And I think getting into, you know, the field in an entry level position is absolutely, you know, a great place to start. And it's not a bad thing. And I think the other thing is, is as folks get into the field, to find someone, a mentor, to network, to have those folks that have been there and done that, who can help them as they grow in their career. The other thing is, is I think volunteering. So if you enter an organization in one role, doesn't mean you can't take something else on. If they need a volunteer to go do, I'll make it up, end-to-end testing for ICD-10, go do it. You know, think about how much you learn in terms of IT and being with those groups. And so there's so many opportunities for folks to volunteer and, you know, do things above and beyond what their kind of day-to-day transactional job might be. So I think really to take advantage of those, find a leader who wants to, you know, help you interview your manager. If you're going into the field, you know, know that this is someone who wants to help you. You know, I think, you know, as a, as a leader or, you know, manager, director, I often ask for a couple years. You know, I'll give you a great experience. I'll teach you a ton. But, you know, give me a couple years, and then I know you're going to move on, and I'll help you. So I think that's what I look for, and hopefully, you know, I think that's what, you know, folks should be looking for as they graduate. Kevin Callahan has been the president and CEO of Exeter Hospital for more than 30 years. His advice to new graduates is to go through doors. 
I just, you know, I just had a long conversation with one of the uh, uh, interns from last year, just a couple of weeks ago, as they were sorting through directionally where they want to go. And they were most interested in how I got to where I got to, and you know, and like, well, how'd you do that? And I and and I'd like to say I had a grand plan, but as you can see in this interview, I didn't have a grand plan per se. What I tell them is that generally I'm a person that'll go through a door, just am. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I have a view that there, are, there are so many, many opportunities. As long as it's not life-threatening, you know, uh, and you can assess that, you know. But my tendency is to go through a door without necessarily a clear understanding of what the destination will be. But I always have a sense directionally of where I'm going, uh, and I, and so at, at this stage of their career, I encourage them to go through doors. It, it don't get so structured around a destination that you never get your trip started. And so their healthcare is, is a remarkably uh, diverse uh, um, uh, opportunity for employment. It represents enormous opportunities. $3 trillion a year we spend. You can't find a place there not to right. work, you know, and so the, don't get wrapped around conventions. Well, you know, that, well, I need to, you know, get my master's degree. It is absolutely helpful. There is no question about it, especially if you can get it in a very rigorous program. It will help in that rigor. But go into that. I always tell them, go into the program mature. Yeah, go into it mature. Uh, knowing a little bit more about life and experience, it'll just enrich in your graduate studies. But, you know, so whether you go in the pharmacology side, you go into the, you know, the biotech side, you go into the actual delivery side, you go into the policy side, you go into the insurance side, you go into the physician side. All of those are great opportunities. Uh, and one will lead to another opportunity, to another opportunity. Have a sense of what your destination is and be surprised when you arrive there. So I, I it, you know, there is sometimes they just kind of get this kind of this, uh, this mental model constructed that I need to do A, B, and C to get to D, and then I can get to where you are, Kevin. And I don't think it's that way anymore. It wasn't that way for me. You know, I could have easily been somewhere else than sitting here talking to you today. Uh, but I always, like I said, I always have a sense of, you know, directionally, kind of where do you want to be going? You'd be surprised when the opportunity stares you in the face. A lot of people don't even see it. And the other thing is, you know, I tell them this all the time, is that you just never say no to opportunity. You just never say no to, to someone who you're working with who asks you if you can do more response, do something more for them. So we've hired, I can't tell you how many interns into this organization who have, who've had stellar careers here. And, uh, you know, and they have been eager to take on more responsibility. When I was asked to be the CEO uh, in this organization, I was three years out of graduate school. What did I know? I didn't say no. Right. I can figure that out. Yeah. You know, I've always but I can figure that out. I have enough yeah. of a common understanding of what it means to run an organization, I thought, that I could do it. Uh, yeah. And so um, and when the opportunity is presented to you, take the opportunity. Get the experience. You can parley it, and you can do something else somewhere else. Remain true to your values. What are your values? Um, so that's why I was kind of advise them. Karen Clements is the chief nursing officer for Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center and the ACHE regent for New Hampshire. Her advice is about getting out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to do something that scares you. Step outside your comfort zone, like I did when I took over a psychiatric hospital. That's as far outside my comfort zone as I could have gotten. Volunteer for everything and anything. Get out there, get exposed, ask to be on committees, 
be part of your professional organization, be part of volunteer uh, for your local community, be part of some sort of service club, whether it's Rotary or Kiwanis, but be part. That will expose you. If you're going into healthcare, that's what all that means. Kevin Donovan is the president and CEO of LRG Healthcare, and his advice is to say yes. So, you know, back to that theme we just talked about, I would say, you know, say yes to every experience. I mean, so if there's an opportunity to do a project, volunteer, you know, at, at a community agency, volunteer in a hospital, take on a project, sit in on a community uh, committee, you know, any of that, I, I think there's value to be learned from that. So from a learner today, I would tell them to do that. You know, I, um, uh, you know, we talked about George Washington before, so I'm a mentor within the George Washington program. So they assign all of their students a mentor out in the community. And so so there's a student there that I'm assigned to now who, you know, we talk on the phone every month or two and, you know, I'll give her guidance on projects and those types of things. And I said the same thing to her. I'd say, just, you know, just volunteer for everything and you're on break, go to your local community hospital and say, you know, is there something that needs to be done? You know, I, I, in my life, have worked in a lot of different places in terms of, you know, uh, in, um, when I was younger and, and did things like that, like volunteered in the stock room of hospitals or, you know, as a candy striper, believe it or not, as a, as a you know, as a kid. And, you know, I didn't wear the, the, the old candy stripe uh, outfits. But, uh, but, you know, but vo- right. volunteered because I think that you just learn a lot from interacting in that environment if you want to be successful. So I guess, you know, in summary, say yes to every experience. Pat Jordan is the Chief Operating Officer for Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health. His advice is to figure out what the organization needs and to do it. I'd give a few things. First off, I'd say your first job is probably not going to be your last job. It's hard to go into the exact right job. We don't know. For example, some people would have to- some people did tell me, don't call it to Newton Wellesley, they're losing all kinds of money. But I wouldn't have made my career the way I did if I hadn't. So sometimes... Hard challenges can lead to great opportunities. I would tell folks that here's the keys to success in your organization. Find out what the organization thinks they need. Find out what you think they need. Figure out your key contributions and how they can be measured. Make sure the chain of command knows what you're doing and then deliver results. It's really that simple. And when you're done... With one cycle, do it again. So I was, uh, when I first got to Mass General Radiology, one of the first things that I was apprised of was a new goal to reduce operating expenses by 25% in the next three years. I think I mentioned with the team of physician leaders that I had in that department, we developed a massive, you know, re-engineering plan, which included using technology. There was something on the market, you know, kids today will probably laugh, but voice recognition technology. Well, I was spending you know, four or five million dollars a year in transcription cost. There was really no fully uh, operative product out in the market, but there was a company that was in beta called MedSpeak. And we signed a deal with MedSpeak, which was later acquired by IBM. And two years later, we were spending $100,000 on transcription. So we were innovative, we were creative, we saw what was happening in the market. And I was most proud when the CEO of Mass General, who has hundreds and thousands of these projects gone, was interviewed by New England Cable News Network and cited radiology's voice recognition. The reason he knew that is because I insisted on briefing him every quarter on what we were doing. One, because I knew we were going to attain results and I wanted him to know about them. 
but two, because I wanted access to them in case I needed some obstacles removed. So it's, it's being forthright and consistent about making sure your messages is getting heard. That's true for any organization. Kathy Bizarro-Thunberg is the Executive Vice President of the New Hampshire Hospital Association and a dedicated alumna of my program. Her advice focuses on building relationships. Well, as we just said, you know, if they're looking to be part of an organization, find out who those professional organizations are. If it's um, health policy or health leadership, ACHE. If it's financially oriented, HFMA. There's many, many of them out there. If you aren't part of professional organization, you're sort of behind the eight ball, I think, as, as an early careerist. You know, there are so many opportunities that these organizations can provide to you, whether it's, you know, interview skills or resume review or, you know, having opportunities of talking to professionals who are already in the field. How else are you going to get that? I think the other advice is to start meeting people who do what you want to do, that you aspire to be. If you aspire to be a CEO, start talking to some hospital CEOs. If you want to be a financial specialist, talk to someone who's a financial specialist. Um, Because you're not going to really understand the profession unless you get a variety of opinions of people who are doing it today. Ask them, how did they get there? How did they become successful? What should you do to get yourself in that position? You're not going to know unless you ask. Um, certainly, you know, reading is important and being current in your profession is very important. But I think, again, sort of back to the original thing of, you know, what I feel like is important to be successful is building those relationships early and often. Steve Kasabian is the Chief Administrative Officer for Maine Medical Partners and one of the very first alumni of my program. He focuses on the importance of work-life balance. Yeah, I would say um, be prepared to work hard. It's hard work. I, you know, I worry a lot about folks like you guys because I, I see how hard it is now compared to when I started. What I thought was hard work then, or, or I should say what I thought was challenge then, is nothing compared to today. So the things we worried about 25 years ago as being the new rules at Medicare that were coming out that we had to figure out how to adapt to, absolutely nothing compared to the challenges of today so which i can only imagine then become you know even greater challenges of tomorrow so it's hard work it's really hard work so figuring out how to step into it and knowing it's going to be a challenging industry we you guys have watched we work hard around here you know the hours are long Part of that is because our physician, our role with physician forces some funny hours. Uh, physicians like early, so we adapt to that. So it just comes with the territory, but now here's the other side of it. Do all that and figure out how to balance your, your life and figure out how to have a family and figure out how to do those other important things because you can't, you can't have one or the other. In my mind, you can't have one or the other. Lots of people try. <laughs> um, it's a recipe for disaster. So that that to me is that's a that's a huge challenge for you guys because this is this is really heavy lifting. Um, but you got to figure out how to have a life too. That's I have that conversation every day with people around here, trying to make sure that they have a life too. 
I asked Marie Vino, president and CEO of Northern Light Mayo Hospital, for advice for young women starting their careers, since my program is about 80% female in any given year. Most of the young people that I teach in my undergraduate program are young women. What advice would you have to them as they go out into the field seeking to be leaders in the healthcare, uh, in the healthcare industry? So I would have to say that as a young woman, I probably didn't do the, what do they call it? What do my providers tell me it's called? Work-life balance? <laughs> uh, I've heard of this very thing. Very well. Yeah, okay. Huh? I've heard of this thing, work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. It's something, yeah, that's, it's, it's that thing that my providers keep talking about, and oh. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I didn't have that. I'm from a different generation, you yeah. know, but yeah. I do think it's important for them to make sure that they don't put so much into their career that they lose anything else, that they lose any of that balance of, of family, life, self-care. It's very hard to do, especially if you are aspiring to a position like mine where, you know, you feel like you've got to, you've got to be the one to always say yes because you, you, want, you want to get that promotion. Um, but it's, it's really important to... Um, it's really important to remember to take a step back and take a deep breath and, and take care as well. Because I think, I think disproportionately, well, I know disproportionately that if you're a woman in a leadership role, you still are expected to be mom, wife, daughter at home. And, and those are, it's difficult to balance all of that. And I, and that's probably not the answer you wanted. You probably wanted an answer about leadership and work. No. Um, but really, that that has been the thing that I've struggled the most with is to balance all of that. Yeah. You know, I have four kids. Wow. I, you know, I had very ill parents. I took care of all of them all at the same time that I was being a CEO. So it's important to it's important to learn to to do that. Finally, we hear from Major General Thomas Temple, the Commanding General of the U.S. Army Regional Health Command Central and Chief of the U.S. Army Dental Corps. His advice is to be nice. To select to join my team, you're going to find all kinds of incredible folks. They have all the statistics. They've done all the jobs. But when it comes right down to it, you know, having someone that has the capacity to be nice to people you know, will certainly help build the kind of team that I want to uh, lead this organization and support our commanders. And so keeping those things in mind, I think, along with having true mentors, I think is essential, you know, as you, uh, as you look at a career in, in healthcare. So those are the advice that I pulled from the different interviews. I, I thought they covered a good range of, of topics uh, from not having overblown expectations of what you're going to have on day one to relationships to saying yes and learning to say no. And I, I just love the, you know, go through doors idea. Uh, I've got a couple of points. I've got three things I'd like to say uh, for my own advice for, for graduates. And then, uh, like I said, I'd like to share a, a quote from, from Henry David Thoreau. So three things. So number one, do the right thing. Uh, as future leaders, 
your behavior sets the standard. You have to create trust by setting the example that everyone else will follow. Don't bend your standards because no one else is going to do the right thing if you're not doing the right thing. So, And it starts with the really simple and seemingly stupid things like taking office supplies home or padding an expense account. It's a slippery slope from those small things because uh, once you bend the rules for one thing, bending the rules for a bigger thing seems like it's not that big a deal. And sooner or later, you find yourself engaged in behavior that you would be ashamed to admit to. Don't make excuses. You're going to make mistakes, especially as a young person, and you're going to keep on making them. I'm afraid to, uh, I'm afraid to tell you, uh, I can tell you from personal experience, but, uh, when you make a mistake, own it, right? Do the right thing. Own the mistake. Don't, don't make excuses. Don't make people call you out, call yourself out, And it will cost you in the short run, but people will respect you more if they know that they can trust you. And, and once you lose trust, it's really hard to get it back. So importantly, build that habit of being reliable, being honest, owning your mistakes. Don't make excuses, do the right thing. So two is to develop general skills alongside of specialized knowledge. So it's really easy to get really focused on learning the latest computer system or learning how to work with a particular uh, electronic health record. You know, and you just, when you're young and you're first out in the field, you just feel like you don't know anything. And and honestly, you don't know very much. And so you might feel overwhelmed and focused on learning very specific knowledge. And and that's really important to be able to do your job well. But at the same time, you kind of have to keep your eye on learning general skills. And by general skills, I mean communication skills, written and oral communication skills, analytical skills, the things that we've tried to teach you in your undergraduate and eventually, hopefully, your graduate program that will allow you to adapt to the changing world. Right, because the world changes awful fast, and as uh, I believe Pat Jordan said, you know, your first job is not going to be your last job, and you've got to be able to develop the ability to adapt. And it's not the specialized knowledge that's going to help you adapt; it's the general skills, the ability to quickly uh, read and um, read documents as well as read people, right? To uh, and to read an organization and to understand it. So you've got to think about those general skills. And those general skills come from broad, broad-based reading and knowledge, right? And honestly, it comes from engaging in hobbies and things outside of work, almost as importantly as engaging in your work. And three is probably the most important. Well, I don't know. They're all three really, really important. But uh, three is I ask my students when they're juniors, uh, so I usually have students the first time uh, in their junior year here at, at UNH, and one of the th- and I give them this little form and I ask them to fill it out. And it's a survey of sorts and just to kind of get to know them. And one of the questions I always ask is, what does success look like to you? And I get a lot of answers. Some of them is like making a lot of money, having a family. But one of the most common answers is, I want to be happy, which is a great answer. But uh, uh, but 
it's a great answer if you are thinking about what does it mean to be happy. And I, I've and I've said this to some of my seniors, and I say it occasionally: is there the Greeks talked about two kinds of happiness, hedonia and eudaimonia, uh, or hedonic and eudonic, uh, probably eudaimonic uh, happiness. I always say the eudaimonic wrong. Hedonic happiness, hedonia, is kind of that good feeling, right? It comes from a good meal. It comes from being with your friends, being with a being with a special person, right? It's that feel good happiness, and it's transient. Uh, it's important. Don't get me wrong, but it's transient. Eudaimonia or eudaimonic happiness is purpose driven happiness, and it is kind of a long, lifelong satisfaction uh, that comes from having and serving a purpose greater than yourself. So my advice here is to find, to seek your happiness, to certainly have some hedonia in your life, but you want to, you need to uh, find some purpose that you can dedicate yourself to that goes beyond yourself because earning money is an, is kind of an empty thing. It's important. It's great. Uh, you need it. But money primarily feeds hedonia. It's transient in the same way that all pleasures of the moment are. You need to go beyond that. Uh, you need to find something, some greater purpose. You know, the, the, the old saw that nobody on their deathbed regrets that they didn't spend another day in the office Actually, I, I, I would tend to disagree, right? So if you have a higher purpose, um, something greater than yourself, when it comes time to reflect on your life, that should not be your feeling, right? You should feel like you still have things to accomplish, things to do. And you want to be able to reflect back on your productive years with pride. So look for that purpose that's greater than you, that you can put yourself in service to. So those are my three recommendations. Uh, Do the right thing. Develop your general skills alongside your specialized knowledge. Look for a a purpose greater than yourself. So I want to read to you now um, one of my favorite passages from one of my favorite philosophers, Henry David Thoreau. This is from his book, uh, Walden. Now to get the setting right for this particular um, passage, uh, Henry David Thoreau, uh, for those of you not familiar with him, went to live out in the woods by himself for two years as an experiment to see what he could learn. And so this is in kind of the concluding portion of, of his book about his experiences. I left the woods for as good a reason as I went there. Perhaps it seemed to me that I had several more lives to live and could not spare any more time for that one. It is remarkable how easily and insensibly we fall into a particular route and make a beaten track for ourselves. How worn and dusty, then, must be the highways of the world. How deep the ruts of tradition and conformity. I did not wish to take a cabin passage, but rather to go before the mast, and on the deck of the world, for there I could best see the moonlight amid the mountains. I do not wish to go below now. 
I learned this at least by my experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with success unexpected in common hours. He will put some things behind, will pass an invisible boundary, new universal and more liberal laws will begin to establish themselves around and within him, or the old laws will be expanded and interpreted in his favor in a more liberal sense, and he will live with the license of a higher order of beings. In proportion, as he simplifies his life, the laws of the universe will appear less complex, and solitude will not be solitude, nor poverty, poverty, nor weakness, weakness. If you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put the foundations under them. So as you leave and transition now, as you leave behind school and transition now to your new lives and new journeys and new adventures, I wish you all the best. I wish the circumstances were different, but there's always something to be learned. So go out and do great things and make us proud. You've been listening to the Health Leader Forge, a joint production of the College of Health and Human Services at the University of New Hampshire and the Northern New England Association of Healthcare Executives. Please go to our website, healthleaderforge.org, for more information or to leave comments about today's podcast. Look for Health Leader Forge podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and other podcast distribution sites. Thanks for being a part of the Health Leader Forge community, and we'll talk with you again soon. <laughs>